Hello friends, it's Memorial Day weekend and we here at New Life Church, we remember. We remember the women and the men who have served our country, who have gone to war, who have fought and who have died on the battlefield. We remember the families who have sacrificed so much to send their loved ones overseas. This is Colorado Springs and we live in a city with more military installations than any other city in the United States of America. So this hits home for us, this is real. And so this weekend, if you're remembering, we pray grace over you, we pray blessing over you for all of the military families who've lost loved ones. We are standing with you. We thank you for your love and for your sacrifice and for your service. And we pray that the comfort of the Holy Spirit would surround you this weekend as we all remember. And now let's worship the Lord together. Well, greetings, friends and people of God. Let's rise up together. For our call to worship today, I'm gonna to read from Psalm 147. This is the word of the Lord. It says, praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God. For it is pleasant, and a song of praise is fitting. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars. He gives to all of them their names. Great is the Lord and abundant in power. His understanding is beyond all measure. The Lord lifts up the humble. He casts the wicked to the ground. So sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make melody to our God on the instruments. This psalm beckons us to praise. It beckons us to worship today. This is our God. It highlights, it highlights the wide-ranging care that God has for His people, for His creation. He shows up, He comes up, He delights. He delights in entering into our situation and lifting us up like a river. He gravitates even to the lowest places because He hears our deepest cries. So let's rise up today, people of God. Let's rise up today and worship Him for His love is abundant. He is our great, great, great God. Come on. Let faith arise. We sing together our praise. Our praise you wait you with the dawn. Our souls you wait to you and lift a song. We've seen the things that you have done. And still we know the best is yet to come. We believe it, there's more to come. There's more to come. Open the gates, come on. Open the gates and let your glory come down. Open our hearts, open our hearts and let our worship pour out. Come on, open the gates. Open the gates and let your glory come down. Open our hearts and let Oh, your presence is all we need. Your presence is all we need. You break us with sound of victory. Oh, I can hear it now. We can hear it now. You're changing everything. Open the gates. Open the gates and let your glory come down. Let it go. Open our hearts and let. 
Your heart and leave 
in your truth, in your grace. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. He is, he is. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say. You're worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you.
as we trust in you let's sing holy lift our eyes and say holy there is no one like you there is none beside you open up my eyes in wonder show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me nothing but you my God and my all nothing but you to see you to know you there's no greater thing. So God, would you open our eyes to see your glory now? Oh Lord, would you come in like a flood? Would your presence explode in our homes, in our lives, all over the city? We sing stars bow low, stars bow low. Heavens made their boast. You are seated on the throne, so glorious. The earth and sea, the earth and sea, resting underneath your feet. Sorry. Sovereign over everything, so glorious. We pray this with faith. Unveil our eyes. Unveil my eyes to see you, to behold you, God. Oh 
today I want to tell you a story this morning Pastor Rion our global ministries pastor spoke on the phone with Pastor William who lives in Lahore Pakistan and Pastor William has been over here several times he's a friend he's stayed with us he's a man of God he's got a wife and four daughters over there and they're living on $300 a month just grinding it out serving Jesus serving the poor taking care of people and so Pastor Rion spoke with Pastor William this morning and he said what's what's the update and he said, as you'll know over here, people live day to day. They, they work and they make money that day and hopefully they can eat that day. Well, with the COVID outbreak, businesses have shut down and these are people who've gone five, six, and sometimes seven days without eating anything. And they're getting desperate and they're selling their cell phones, which helps them or hurts them from being able to work. They're selling their motorcycles or their vehicles just to try to get daily bread. And so he said that in this nation, there's a, they're a Christian minority, maybe two to 3% are Christians in that land. And, and people who are getting stockpiles of food are demanding conversions for food. They're, they're, they're saying, look, if you want food, you got to convert. 
But where Christians are getting food, Pastor William tells the story that Christians are, are giving it away with no conditions. They're giving it away for free. They're giving, giving it away because this is who Jesus Christ is. And people are converting to Christianity because they're seeing a different kind of love. They're seeing a different kind of generosity. They're, they're being provoked into the faith because of people who trust Jesus for their daily bread. And so what I want to tell you is that we, we just told Pastor William this morning that we're sending another payment, another, another distribution of money is coming because of your faithful tithes and offerings. We're able to help them out in this moment. We're going to help Pastor William and his family and their team over there so that the church can go on and keep serving the poor in their region of Lahore, Pakistan. But here's the threat in a time like this. The threat in a time like this is that we turn inward that we end up taking care of ourselves, that we end up looking out for number one while people on the fringes are hurting. And, and I'm just here to tell you that we are going to be a church that gives out. We are going to be a church that serves. We're gonna be a church that races to the edges of society, races to the four winds of the nations. And we're gonna give and we're gonna serve and we're gonna love. And we're gonna trust that as we do that, Jesus will take care of them and Jesus will take care of us. So today we give by faith. And we give with Pastor William and people like him in mind that we're gonna pray right now to ask God take care of them. So let's pray as we give. Lord, we lift up Pastor William and his wife, Sarah, and their four daughters today. We lift up their church there in Lahore. We lift up the, the region, really the slum that they live in, and we pray that the name of Jesus would break out in that place. We pray that people would be redeemed and saved. We pray that people would be called out of darkness and into marvelous light. We pray that you would set those who are on the fringes of society, those who are lonely, set them into family, bring them near. We pray, Jesus, that your name would be exalted in that land and people would come to the faith that the, that the church would rise in that nation in this moment. And so, Lord, we give today and we ask that you would take these gifts and that you would bless them and that you'd break them and that you'd pass them out to feed the multitudes in that land and in the nations of the earth. We give today in the name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. There's three ways you can give. You can give online at newlifechurch.org. You can text it into the information below or you can send in a check through snail mail, 11025 Voyager Parkway, 80921 Colorado Springs, Colorado. Let's continue to worship as we give.
Praise God. Psalm 147, like we've started in the service. I just want to quote verse 5. Great is the Lord, abundant in power. That's the God we serve. That's the God we worship. He's holy above all things. Worthy is the Lamb. Amen and amen. Friends, prepare your hearts for the word of the Lord today. We're going to open the scriptures today. So lean in, press in. You know the drill. Grab your Bibles and grab your notebooks. Grace and peace. Thanks for joining us. It is so good to worship with you, to receive the word, to celebrate communion. Today I have an important and an encouraging message for you about trials and then about temptations. So James is going to say, we all stumble. That's about the temptations. And he is also going to say, blessed are those who persevere. So this message is for you today. If you're excited about the word of God, would you say amen? Tech people in the room, say amen. Brett Davis is here. Amen. amen. All right, I gotta, there's like three or four of us in here. Kids at home, say amen as loud as you can. I'm gonna interact with you. I'm gonna talk with you today. So turn into your Bibles to the book of James chapter one. We're gonna be in verse nine. I'm gonna get there in a minute. I have a three point sermon for you. One, two, three. The first point is this, James and then we're talking about the book now. James is the epistle of applied Christianity. James, this book, epistle just means, it's a fancy word, it's a theological word for a letter. So James is this letter of applied Christianity. Kids, I want you to draw James. James is someone that applied his faith. He is known from that. He's gonna be a pillar in the early Christian church. And so kids, I want you to draw this person, James, that wrote the letter. We have no idea what he looked like. So there's no wrong answers. If I was gonna draw James, I would draw a strong guy because he was strong in his faith. I would draw someone with a long beard kind of representing his wisdom that he had in the early church. And I would draw his knees. And let me explain the knees part. One of James's nicknames, a good nickname is something that kind of teases, but also points at something honorable. One of James's nicknames, are you ready for this? Was old camel knees, <laughs> old camel knees. So kids, if you're drawing James, draw James's knees that look like camel's knees. What do camel's knees look like? We're going to put a picture up. This is what a camel's knees look like. It almost looks like they're wearing like little knee pads because camels get up and down off their knees. And so James was called old camel's knees. Why? Because he spent so much time, you probably guessed it, in prayer, in the temple, praying for fellow believers, communion with God. James spent so much time in prayer. And so let's talk a little bit about James, the person. We'll talk about the letter and then we'll dive into the word of God and read it and talk about uh, temptations and trials. So uh, James, we mentioned this last week, was one of Jesus' brothers. Like, did you know Jesus had brothers? Can you imagine James growing up with Jesus. We believe, we hope, we proclaim that Jesus is fully God. Can you imagine having Jesus, God himself, as your brother? And, and the kind of things you would learn about God himself if Jesus was your brother. We all look up to Paul. Paul wrote uh, many of the other books in the New Testament. Well, Paul looks up 
to James. He says this in his letter to the Galatians. He says he goes to Jerusalem. He spends time with James. And then he mentions James, Peter, and John in that order. James is first and says these esteemed pillars in the church. James is someone who was the leader of leaders in the early church. Someone we should look up to. In Acts chapter 15, there's a dispute amongst Christians, early believers, uh, about rules and rituals that are in the Old Testament and they're arguing, going back and forth. James listens and then he stands up amongst the believers and he says, here's what's going to happen. He takes leadership. James was an esteemed pillar of the early church. This week, I got to read a book uh, by, you know, one of my friends, Daniel Grothy wrote uh, Chasing Wisdom. And it's a book about finding sages, wise people in our lives that help us along in our journey through faith. And I think James was one of those figures and now is one of those figures as we have this letter of his. It's about four pages. If you were to type this letter out, about 2000 words and we have it. It's, it's written right before he was martyred. And so it's like his last words, very important text. So turn to the book of James and you, if you look at chapter one, you will see lots of different subjects. James, this book is written in such a way that it's not heady theological knowledge. It's how to live. James wants to get into your business. James wants to crawl into your business and tell you about how to live the Christian life. It's topics. Chapter one is an outline of the topics he's going to talk about. Chapter two through five, he gets into each one of these. I count about 12 different topics where James tells us how to walk and how to live. This is the gospel. This is the, the epistle, excuse me, of applied Christianity. So turn to James chapter one, verse nine. I'm going to read this text of scripture and then I'm going to pray and I'm going to talk about uh, trials, and then temptations. This is what it says, James chapter one, verse nine, the brother in humble circumstances. He's gonna talk about people who are lacking uh, finances. The brother in humble circumstances ought to take pride in his high position. And I'll explain that. Verse 10, but the brother who is rich should take pride in his low position because he will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with scorching heat, withers the plant, its blossoms fall, its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich man will fade away even while he goes about his business. There's that word again. Verse 12, blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And then he gets into temptation. Listen carefully. Verse 13, when tempted, and, and everyone is tempted, not if you get tempted, but when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone but each one is tempted. Here's, here's what temptation looks like. It's all, it's, it seems like it's all in our mind. When e each one is tempted, when by his own evil desires, he's dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. Sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the father of heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. Let's pray. Let's receive this word. Lord, we receive it. Lord, we ask you to open our hearts, open our minds. Lord, speak to us through this text, through these words of your Saint James, who lived many years ago. Lord, we're open to you and what you want us 
to experience and what you want us to walk out in our faith. Lord, we pray this in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Point number two is this. Point one was just referring to the book of James and, and James being that epistle uh, of uh, walking out our faith. Point two is this. Through the trial of humble circumstances, we will receive a crown. I'll say it again. Through the trial of humble circumstances, we will receive a crown. There's all types of trials. James, at the beginning of this letter, says, count it all joy when you encompass uh, trials of many kinds. And last week we talked about how we're in a global pandemic. We're being quarantined. Everything is canceled. Some of us are experiencing hardship of different kinds through homeschooling, or some of you may be sick or lacking time, or just everything is changing around us. There's trials of all kinds. And then James pins down one particular trial and says, these people are actually blessed, and these people should actually take pride in their high position. And these are the people struggling financially. And I think this whole COVID-19, this pandemic is already and will affect the poor much more than it will affect those who are well off. There was a famine at the time James is writing this. There was a famine in Jerusalem. We know this because Paul, I already mentioned Paul, who wrote other books in the New Testament. Paul writes several different places about the, the believer struggling in Jerusalem and how he is going to make collections uh, from other churches and other areas and bring that money to Jerusalem. There was a legitimate famine happening in Jerusalem. And some of us feared this, like going into this pandemic in 2020, some of us went to the grocery store and stocked up thinking if we get quarantined, if there is a shortage of food, we don't want to starve. That fear was very real, but that fear was realized in the first century amongst James and the Jerusalem church. And so James writes about people People in humble circumstances, very poor, that they actually ought to take pride in their high position. Now, what in the world does that mean? Taking pride in your high position? Well, it means you should take pride in knowing that Jesus is with you. Take pride in knowing that Jesus is with those who are poor. And through trials, to the trial of lacking financial resources, you are actually going to persevere. And when you persevere, you're going to get that crown that has been promised to you that James writes about here in, in verse 12. Then he says uh, something to the rich. And this is for all of us. I assume most of us watching would fall into the category of we have enough. We're not lacking for food. Daniel Grothy uh, earlier in this service mentioned people in Pakistan going five days, seven days without food, waiting and wanting. That is poverty. I've been to Pakistan on good days years ago. I can't imagine them undergoing any more poverty. But James says, be careful. Those who are rich, you should actually take pride in your low position. Some of you, COVID-19, you might think, <laughs> this is a weird joke, but that 19 stands for how many pounds you think you're going to gain during this quarantine. Like there's those of us that are worried about that. And then we're in places of, of rich lives and we should actually take pride that in our low position, we should be reminded that it's all going to actually pass away. The kingdom of God is like an upside down kingdom where those that are suffering, they are actually at the top. And those that are rich and, and, and wealthy, they are actually in a place where they are going to be humbled. And, and Paul, uh, excuse me, James refers to the sun rising and the scorching heat and, and things just withering away like a flower. 
You know, God does not just come by and remove every obstacle from our life, but he does promise to be there with us as we go over and through these obstacles. There's a famous quote, I love it, by C.S. Lewis, where he says that oftentimes suffering is like a megaphone that God uses to get our attention. I think God is getting a lot of our attentions right now. He's saying, hang in there. And he's saying, persevere, like a holy hang in there. I want to brag about our women's ministry. Last Sunday, uh, my wife Erica had this idea of like a hanging basket, uh, like a macrame thing. I don't know. The women put this thing together. And uh, they put a pot and some flowers in the pot and hung this thing up and made it a little note and said, hang in there. And then they went to the community. Those of you in Manitou in the West Side, you've probably heard that there was uh, just down the road from us on the same street, El Paso, the El Paso uh, mobile home community, uh, there was a tragedy just a week and a couple days ago, someone died and foul play is being looked at and suspected. And the community there is frustrated. They're upset. They're afraid. They're missing one of their own. And so last week, the women's ministry got all these little hanging baskets and these flowers and hung them on every house in this community. And just the thanks and, and people getting a hold of us saying, thank you so much. People taking little videos. Look at someone gave me. It's New Life Manitou. This is what the church does. We encourage each other just as James did to persevere, to hang in there. That's point number two. That has to do with trials. Now let's look at point number three. If you're taking notes, write this down. Temptations are not from God. That's the title of this sermon. Temptations are not from God. I'll say it one more time, then you got it. Temptations are not from God. I think in this time as a pastor, I've listened to many of you, I've Zoom called many of you, I've called many of you, and there's this continued uh, kind of theme that I keep hearing that in this time of trial, there is temptation. Maybe some of you have gone back to old temptations. Maybe there's new temptations that have come your way. Maybe in all the stress and frustration, there's new temptations poking their head out at you. Temptations are not from God. Let me read what scripture says here. When tempted, verse 13, when tempted, not an if, but when, like you, we will be tempted. When tempted, and I think we should all know that we're in a fight. I think people do better in a fight. I've only been in a couple of fights, but you do better in a fight if you know that the fight is about to happen. I have four boys, Jay, Rowan, Max, and Theo. Theo is the youngest. There's no way he's going to win a fight against his older brothers. And so his tactic, usually if he like wants a toy, is not to run over and just start fighting over the toy. He's going to lose that fight. Theo, you shouldn't do this, by the way. But Theo's tactic is to like walk up to one of his brothers, kind of look around, make sure mom and dad aren't looking, and then just whoosh, slap, baby slap somebody to the back of the head and then steal the toy. Like That's his strategy. Then the other kid starts crying. He steals the toy. He gets away with it. That's how some of us kind of fight temptation. We don't know it's coming. Well, guess what? It is coming. When we are tempted, know that temptation is coming. But when we are tempted, we should not say, God is tempting me. Maybe that was a phrase back then that people said, oh, maybe this temptation is just from God. And so I guess I should just give in because uh, God is, you know, God and God's ways is just get, no, 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 no. Don't rationalize it. God does not tempt for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. God is not the author of temptation. We pray in the Lord's prayer, Lord, lead us away from temptation. Lord, help us, deliver us. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done but God is not the one tempting us. 
says this, verse 14, each one, every one of us, we're tempted when by our own evil desires, we're dragged away and enticed, like in our mind, we're enticing and thinking about it. Then after desire has conceived, gives birth to sin and sin, when it's full grown, gives birth to death. There's something in the secular world called the fraud triangle, like why people do what they do. Like people will commit a fraud and then they get arrested. And then like, why did you do this? Well, usually it can go back to this triangle, a three-pointed triangle that there's some sort of pressure. Like right now, many of you are experiencing pressures to revert to some old ways of life, or there's temptations to um, just engage in something we know we shouldn't. There's pressure for whatever it is. And then there's a rationalization. That's, That's the second point of this triangle. A rationalization. Oh, I could steal this thing because... You know, if I steal it from this company, the company's so big. It's just, you know, what's one little thing? I'm just going to steal it. We rationalize things. No one will ever know. We rationalize. And the third is an opportunity presents itself. And then we engage in sin. And then sin, according to James, when it's full born, is full grown, gives birth to death. James is encouraging us here. And as a pastor, I want to encourage you. I, I don't want to put shame on you. I want to remind us of the conviction of the Holy Spirit that he is able to wash away our sins. Jesus, by his death on the cross, washes us of our sin, gives us authority to overcome temptation. Let me say this. The Christian walk is not about cleaning up. It's about waking up. The Christian life is not about cleaning up, cleaning up ourselves. It's about waking up. It's not about cleaning up. It's about waking up. Waking up to what? Well, God's goodness, his grace, his power inside of us. He's not the one tempting. He's the one that we turn to in temptation. He's the one we turn to in trials. So listen to this. This is the last set of verses here. Don't be deceived, brothers. And of course, he's talking to the whole church, brothers and sisters. Maybe that's what your translation says. Every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of heavenly lights who does not change like the shifting shadows. We're going to come to the table. I want to invite Brett Davis up. As he comes, I'm going to reread this passage, this encouraging note about what our God is like. It says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the father of heavenly lights. Everything good, it comes from him. And he does not change like the shifting shadows. And so my friends, New Life Manitou, I invite you to um, gather your elements, your bread and your juice or whatever you happen to have in your house or invite you to gather those things together and center ourselves before, before Jesus who makes this father who is changeless and unshifting full of love and compassion and grace for us. Center ourselves before before Jesus and the Father he makes known to us and the spirit that he sends within us and among us. What Jesus gives to us is a meal. He gives us a meal in the midst of hardship, in the midst of trial, in the midst of feeling tempted. He gives us a meal. And I know, as I hear, as I know a lot of 
what we're going through, a lot of what you're going through during this time. The temptation in the midst of tri- in the midst of trial is to view it as if God is wanting us to just fall, as if what the meal that God is giving us, the circumstances that He's uh, handing to us in life, isn't bread and it's not a cup full of something sweet and sustaining, but it's actually just a stone, <laughs> a stone that's not going to nourish us and not going to feed us. Um, maybe, um, I know for some of us, uh, we're running into like our, our families are, are struggling, whether it's homeschooling, whether it's adult children that are kind of wandering or, or there's tension between, whether some of us have got like anxiety or uh, maybe even depression kind of rising rising right now during this time. And and we thought it was gone, but no, it's back. Some of us um, are facing like real economic hard, like it's really like it's hitting our our wallet right now. And it just feels like God is not giving me bread. He's giving me a stone. And the message that we just heard and that James is telling us and that Jesus wants us to believe is it's not a stone in your hand. Even though it's uh, C.S. Lewis, we heard earlier a quote from him, and he says in another place, he says, the apparent stone will become bread to us if we believe that a father's hand put it in ours. And that's what we're invited to believe this morning in in all of the circumstances going on in our lives that God, the one made known to us in Jesus, takes body broken blood poured out. He transforms it into something life-sustaining and life-giving to us. And so I invite you to remember this reality with me this morning. We remember that on the night our Lord Jesus was betrayed over to suffering and death, he took bread and he gave it to his disciples. He gives it to you this morning. And he says, take This is my body and it is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, when supper was over, he handed them the cup. He hands you the cup this morning. And he says, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. And so though it may be a mess, in your hands right now. Though it may look a stone, may it appear to be body broken and blood poured out. Though it may be those things, God is sustaining you. He is not tempting you into death. He is leading you into life. And so my friends, you're invited to believe the gospel of our Lord Jesus. You may receive communion. take a minute and pray to the Lord. Lord, we thank you that we receive from you life and forgiveness. Lord, that every good and perfect gift is from you. And so, Lord, we receive from you. We receive from your table. It's in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Well, as you go today, 
If you would like prayer, if you would like to connect with us, we have an email list. Go to manitoulive.org and there's some buttons down there for you to click. We'd be happy to to hear your prayer requests and interact with you. Um, Next week, we'll be right here at 9 and 11. And this week, expect an email, expect some announcements about some timelines, about when we will be meeting back together again. Of course, it'll be safe and we'll try to do things well uh, with, with regulations that are at hand. But as you go, remember that every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like the shifting shadows. And so may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace.